to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and other experts in the food and beverage industry about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Today we're talking about quinoa, one of the first quote-unquote superfoods to take America by storm more than a decade ago, and one of the few such stars to sustain its reign long enough to push past being a fad food to become a staple on restaurant menus and in households across the country. While quinoa can easily be found in retail stores across channels now, the protein-packed grains suffered several setbacks during its rise in popularity and commoditization, and ongoing threats to its production must be carefully managed and maintained to ensure its continued availability and its high level of quality. To discover how quinoa earned its superfood superstar status, I caught up with the co-founder and co-CEO of Alter Eco, Edouard Roulette. Alter Eco sells royal quinoa from Bolivia that is fair trade and organic. These higher standards and a higher pay for small-scale farmers underscores the company's basic premise that food is fundamental to life and whole, healthy, delicious food can make life better for people all over the world. Roulette explained to me that Alter Eco was drawn to quinoa for its health benefits, versatility, market potential, and ability to create a stable income source for indigenous communities who otherwise had very little money or resources. He added that these are some of the same reasons that quinoa became a superfood superstar and has enjoyed so much success as a high-demand ingredient in the U.S. When we started selling quinoa in 2004, you had only one, uh, one brand on shelf in the U.S., more or less. And we're doing it store demos so people could uh, get, you know, get acquainted with the product and nobody knew what it was and how to pronounce it. Uh, for us, it was a really important product uh, uh, from, uh, you know, a company product point of view, number one, because it's a, a very healthy
driver of quinoa sales in the U.S. was the extensive media coverage, which exposed more consumers to the grain and its benefit, Rolette noted. But the coverage cut both ways when a story that went viral inaccurately claimed that the demand for quinoa had driven up prices in the regions where it's produced, to the point that farmers who needed it to survive could no longer afford it. American consumers responded by boycotting the grain with hopes that if they didn't eat it, there would be enough for the farmers who really did need it. Roulette stressed this story's takeaway message and the action it inspired in the U.S. were wrong. He explained that the farmers still had plenty of quinoa to eat, thanks in part to Alter Eco, helping to ensure that each family farmer keeps an average of 600 to 800 pounds of quinoa annually for their own consumption. In addition, he noted that the higher price of quinoa allowed many farmers who previously could only afford potatoes and quinoa to buy fresh produce and vegetables that they couldn't afford before. The rising demand and sale price of quinoa also helped the villagers beyond improving their diet. You know, this story about the farmers you know, not being able to afford their, their own food kind of took over the biggest story about quinoa, which is what I said at the beginning, that the cause of the quinoa market in the U.S. and in Europe had a dramatic positive impact on those communities. Uh, you know, the first time I went there in 2004, you know, there were no public bathrooms in the of quinoa will lead to the development of large-scale production that will undercut small-scale farmers. What's interesting is to see what has happened over time. You know, commoditization, uh, uh, large-scale operations, and some people can tell me that you know, farmers have benefited from, from the price of quinoa because the price went up to $8,000 a ton two years ago. But again, if you step back and you look at Quinoa over the last 15 years, yeah, you had a great, it was really low, then you had a peak, and then now it's going back down. And I think what's important is what we provide uh, to this 
Ventura, which is stability and consistency. Right, so stability and consistency, number one, in price. Uh, when the price was really low, we were paying the price that covered their podcast or production. When the price went up, you know, we matched the price, and then you know, the price is going lower, and we still pay over what they, you know, what they need to cover their cost of production and actually invest in their future. This includes protecting the biodiversity of quinoa by encouraging farmers to plant a wide variety of the more than 3,000 types of quinoa. Even though commoditization of the grain and the global export demand is limited to only a few varieties since the 2000s. Roulette notes that this is not only helping to protect against the risk of a monoculture, but it also ensures Alter Eco a high-quality grain compared to some of the more commoditized varieties. In the case of quinoa from Peru and quinoa from Bolivia, there's much more distinction, the grain is bigger, uh, the flavor profile is different, and so we started offering at for consumer in 2004 quinoa real, the real the champagne of quinoa, we call it, because it's the highest quality grain. When the price went up, we didn't switch to, to the cheap quinoa just so we can you know, have a higher margin. We and we've always offered the same quality quinoa from the same farm. And I think that's really important. So, you know, the stability and consistency is almost as important for your consumers as it is uh, for, for the farmers we work with. Roulette says another threat to quinoa related to the grain's fast popularity is the risk that the farmers will sacrifice the health of their land in order to meet the rising demand and make more money. It's a very fragile environment. Uh, again, really higher, lots of wind, almost no water. Uh, we have to make sure that, that the, the environment is preserved, not just for the environment, but to make sure that in 10, 20 years, 50 years, their children can still, there's nothing else to them. I mean, there's uranium and gold mines and all that. They don't make money out of that, of course. Private companies do. Uh, so the only resource for those communities is quinoa, llama, but mostly quinoa. So if, you know, during this boom they're going to damage their, their, their only resource, uh, then we have a problem. Alter Eco helps ensure that the land is protected by requiring farmers to follow organic practices, including rotating the fields so some are fallow. It also ensures that one-third of the fair trade premium the company pays goes to preventing soil erosion and that farmers have sufficient llamas to fertilize the fields. The llama and the quinoa really goes go hand in hand, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's a bit like the yin and yang, the quinoa and the llama, etc., and vice versa, and, and using the llama manure uh, to fertilize the soil is really how traditionally quinoa has been cultivated. Looking forward, Roulette says he's confident that consumers will continue to demand high-quality quinoa and that Alter Eco will not let them down by doing everything in its power to balance the needs of the earth, farmers, and shoppers. He also says he anticipates that the grain's price will continue to drop, which will make it pivotal that farmers who grow the royal quinoa that Alter Eco sells are recognized for their efforts and their products' high quality. To that end, Alter Eco is working to have the name Royal Quinoa protected so that only quinoa grown in a specific region of Bolivia can use the term. I think the future of quinoa is 
Elizabeth Crawford for Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. <laughs>